everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Breaking Bad Insider Podcast. Um, I'm here with a bunch of guests today. We're going to talk about episode number 412. Uh, this episode is called End Times. End Times? Is that what we agreed on? I like it. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> so I'm here with uh, Vince Gilligan. Hello. I'm here with uh, producer Diane Mercer, who handles Post. Hi. I'm here with uh, co-executive producer Melissa Bernstein. Hello. I'm here with actor Aaron Paul, who plays Jesse. Hi. Dave Porter, who is our composer. Hello. And certainly, la- not cer- <laughs> and last but certainly not least, the co-writer of this episode, Tom Schnauz. I'm sorry I messed up Tom Schnauz. You're my new best friend. I love you, Kelly. <laughs> I love you, too. And we should mention our other writer. Moira Wally Beckett, who is... She's got an actual job that she's working on, so she can't be here. What the hell is she doing? She's working on Pan Am. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But it is Sunday, so why couldn't? No. <laughs> well, you know, and yeah, it, it, she she did want to be here. I got an email from her. She uh, They are, uh, you know, it's growing pains on any new show. They work a lot of weekends yeah. on, on yeah. a, lot of t- a lot of TV shows. And so that, show, from, that show premieres. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> I think that show premieres in a couple so of weeks, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they are they I'll are probably watching. under the gun. I'll be watching. I remember Pan Am. I mean the airline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Remember yeah. did you ever fly them? No, I don't think I did either. But I remember their planes. And, nice and, the, and the, the bag. This is a new one for me. Bag. Every time I come in for an episode, we always talk about an episode I didn't write on. Now we're actually talking about a whole other show <laughs> entirely. <laughs> Why do I come to these? You know what? Let me let me let me start right in too because you know what? Um, we just mixed this episode. I guess one week ago we just mixed it, and um, and it was so exciting to watch it with all of your music in, Dave, and all of the sound effects mixed in, Diane. So a great job um but i will say that at the end when we were watching it um even though i edited it and i knew how it was going to end i was still so mad at that vince gilligan credit because you leave us in such a state of <laughs> jesus i don't think we've ever done anything like we've done this time uh-huh. where it's like oh my god what is supposed? What was going to happen? What is supposed to happen? I cannot wait for next week. What I'm about sure. Episode eleven, the week before. That's true, but yeah. we also knew that it wasn't the second the one week to before the, that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, no, no. I'm, but well, listen, were... that's good news. I'm glad. Hopefully, people uh, will be eager to see what happens next. Yeah. 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 So um, I guess we should start um, with Tom. Um, when <laughs> when you guys were going to break this story, um, how did that, you know, how did it all go down as far as, you know, figuring out what was going to happen and the fact that you're not going to finish? Because before in episode number 12, you know, something big would happen at the end of it and it would also lead in. At this point, something big didn't happen. Well, the, the very, uh, something big not happening and something big happening are kind of the same i mean it, there's a big plot development at the end of this episode right. uh, in in that uh, walt tries and fails to to kill gus he has his one everything's been leading to this one big moment he's never had a bigger chance th- 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 this entire season uh th- to get gus fring and he fails he fails that's a yeah you're right that's a big hang <laughs> a big hang fire sort of a moment totally yeah yeah so and when you guys were working on uh trying to end you know basically the end of the season how did you know what was discussed? Can you give us any any little hints, or without giving anything away? Or I, have no, I don't remember anything. Like, <laughs> it was so long ago. I know it's true. Is that yeah. bells? Look how short that act three is. I know. I, I have to say, I'm, I am most proud of writing that particular act because yes. the scene, the big grand epic scene between Walt and Jesse, is two cards. Yeah. <laughs> And oh, that's true. It is only two cards. Yeah, so the first that, two cards for those of people, folks watching this on the video podcast. And one of the cards was cut out. <laughs> we had Jesse oh, yeah. run to Saul's office and and try to get to Saul first because he suspects that the the rice and cigarette was taken off of him by Saul. So he goes there first. Right, right. And that, that scene was cut because they're just. Production-wise, you guys didn't have time to... We didn't have time to do it. I directed this episode, and we didn't have time to do it. Not only that, but everyone kind of came to me and said, in pre-production phase, said, now, he's running to Saul's office, but it's night, and it had to be night, because for reasons of story machinations, it, Mm -hmm. it happened to be night at that point. It could not have been day. So he runs to Saul's office and pounds on the door, but if there's no car in the parking lot, and if if it's night past the normal opening time, why run to Saul's office, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of 
Anyway, yeah, we wind up cutting it. Yeah. I mean, the logic originally was, was give Jesse time to put this. How does he go right to assuming that it's Walt? Yeah. That has done it. He, he needed a little time to put the pieces together, and this was just like a stutter step. Yeah. And right. ultimately, you didn't you didn't need it. It was, it was a better. It was, it was shoe leather ultimately. It was, it was just a stutter the step. Yeah. The way it is now. Yeah. Yeah, I, think, I agree. Yeah. Is four cards a record for an act? Four cards is probably for this show for Breaking Bad, and, and because we usually, because I'm a lunatic, and we usually over. It's I I just want everything. I want to dot all the eyes and cross all the t's. Usually, uh, we over over card everything. Yeah, this is probably a record for Breaking Bad. Four cards are nicely done. That's why I mean maybe that's part of the reason why I feel very proud of that particular scene because yeah. it wasn't as planned out as we normally and, plan everything out, and I I felt really good about breaking it down in the outline and figuring out all the little steps. And then yeah. I think I they went even further with it. I mean, all the stuff where Walt's holding the gun to Jesse, to his own head and, and saying, do it. And Jesse, that wasn't in the original script. So I, I wanted to ask you, when when did that come? That wasn't in my version. I don't know if that was in a rewrite or if it was yeah, it done was. in. No, not, no, we shot it as you wrote it. I don't I didn't write do it, do it. And I didn't have him pressing the gun to his head. Maybe that was added but, but on the, afterwards. Maybe maybe you added that. No, I don't think so. First. No, no. Are you sure that wasn't? I don't think I wrote that. <laughs> I don't think I wrote the words "do it, do it." I wrote it up to the point where he says, "Just, just put a bullet in my head. Just do it, you know, do it." But he doesn't grab the gun really? and press it to okay. his head, and, and you know that that yeah. great shot you have of the you know the mark on his head. That was all. Can I tell you? I didn't even realize. Uh, uh, I was thank God you we got you here. You can tell us all about this. I didn't realize you had until I saw it in the damn editing room. I was there watching two feet away from you guys. I didn't realize uh, you had been pressing, or, or Brian, the combination between yeah. you had been pressing the muzzle of the revolver against his forehead so hard that it would leave a mark. I didn't see that on the day. I only saw that in the in the ending. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's a great, sort of like a bendy mark or something. It's a great touch. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Brian, that was actually Brian's. Uh, it was just uh, that idea kind of came into the picture just from uh, all the rehearsals. I mean, okay, we worked right. on that scene all uh, all day. It was that one day was spent doing that scene. Yeah, yeah. it was an entire day of shooting, yeah. Um, yeah. and it, obviously an exhausting scene. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. just Brian and one. It might have been actually one take. He just grabs the gun and throws it mm-hmm. to his head. No, it works great. Um, and then he's like, I don't know why I just did that, but it just yeah just worked yeah yeah but it works can i tell you that whole day that there was a newsweek article about the um the the shooting of that scene and that this wonderful uh uh interviewer i mean i say because he wrote a great article and he did a great job but this uh young young reporter from newsweek came and spent the day on the set and it happened to be the day we shot that scene mm-hmm. and i i talked to him the least because i was just running around like a madman the whole day but uh that was the hardest. I, I, I don't have a lot to compare to. I have not directed that much, but that was the hardest day of directing I've ever had. And I, the whole day long, I was like, I don't, this is just not working. And it wasn't anything you guys were doing wrong. You guys were fantastic. But something was telling me, I'm, do, I'm failing here. I am, I am not giving these guys what they need. This is not working right. This is not as it should be. And looking back on it, I'm like, what was I freaking out about? This scene is fantastic. You guys crush it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. You and, and again, we're recording this yeah, podcast as usual. You uh, you, you haven't seen the episode. Really? Yeah. You crush that scene, and as does Brian. You both, yeah. you guys, yeah. are fantastic. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like to be at that sort of heightened level of emotion for multiple takes. I mean, I don't even all know. Day long. How did you do it all day long? Well, and and um, we actually uh, shot. The first half of the scene first, um, and remember the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the, yeah. the scene where Walt is just you know he's like, do you even understand what is happening? Yeah. Like you don't, you don't even get this, um, and he's freaking out, and uh, and then he just places the gun on the couch, and then we just shot the, the yeah. rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like or like the whole fighting the the fight, like yeah, throwing yeah. him down. But yeah. Um, yeah, all day long. You you guys were such troopers, and you guys uh, bore with bore with me, bared with me, bore with me, whatever the, whatever the past tense is. You guys really stuck with it, and and thank you so much. And because I, I I just 
and, and you guys just plugged away when it, it was clear I was because I was I was having like a minor panic no, not any minor I was having a panic attack I was like this is messed up this is not working right but the issue was it was it the blocking it was the blocking it was the blocking yeah, it was, that, that was, let, that was me, it well let me be real clear yeah. it's, uh, I'm not saying I didn't and have I think you should tell everybody about it because that's from a directing point of view like that's a key part of what you're doing on the day yeah and so much of the day I just remember in blurry sort of of uh, uh, images that are not completely because the whole thing i imagine like childbirth or something you kind of block it out afterward you know the pain of it but it was just like the blocking the blocking is is uh, for folks who don't know is when you know the actors uh working with the director typically mm-hmm. figure out where they should physically be within the space they're shooting the scene and and how where they should be at a certain moment of dialogue for instance where how they should be interacting with one another at what point you know, physically in the space at what point in the scene. And, and it's a long scene. It's seven, eight pages long, six, seven, something like that. And obviously Jesse wants something very, you know, when you break it down to fundament, fundamentals, Jesse wants something very primal and very easy to put into words. He wants to kill Mr. White, mm-hmm. but first he wants to hear him say, so he can pull that trigger, I did this thing. Yeah. And Mr. White very on a very primal easy to understand level wants jesse to not shoot him yeah but having said that i just i was just feeling my groping i wouldn't feel i was groping my way through this thing i just didn't feel like i knew what i was doing but you guys pulled me through it because you guys you are so good in this scene man people are just gonna shit when they you know <laughs> you're gonna shit when you see this people the people who have already watched this have I'm already, already shat and Brian, you guys, just you're watching like a tennis match. Both of you guys are so fantastic in this scene. And I should have just relaxed. As I got to get the two best actors who've ever been on TV, let alone who are currently on. I should just sit back and eat a sandwich and just get the hell out of the way. When when Skip and I were both working on episode 12 and episode 13, I did 12, he did 13, and we were basically, because of the schedule, we were basically having to cut these episodes along with doing director's cuts and producer's cuts of previous episodes so we were having to cut these episodes when we you know we'd take a scene and we'd start on a scene and then we'd jump back to another episode and work on that and then we'd come back so i remember with this scene um it was it was a really long scene it was a whole act and it was um i i had to work on it like several days there were several days that i was working on it and i remember coming to you at one point because there were a couple i hope you don't mind me talking about this but there were a couple different performances that brian a couple different ways that brian had decided to play this part of the scene where he starts to laugh and no, I remember, it wasn't so much brian oh, it, was, it was well you're right there were a couple different ways but he, i don't think i think i think i confused brian by me not knowing what I wanted. So I asked him to do it one way, and okay. then, I, then I'd be kind of, I don't know, would it be better this way? So we did another take where we blocked it slightly differently, and, and I'm just like, and I, I, I really put these guys through the ringer without meaning to. Well, but, I, but it's a very emotional, very physical, very exhausting scene, and I, I made it worse that day by, by no, I mean, I'm just, you know, uh, easy to talk about in hindsight because it came out great, but I didn't help any because I, I exhausted things more than I needed to by not being by being so unsure in a way that I'm I'm often uh, lack confidence with the directing but this was not usually this much I was like really I didn't know what the hell I was doing well the reason that I even bring it up was because I remember asking you specifically I said you know which way did you intend on playing this why are there two different forms of which one would you like to see and you said I'm not sure but if the if the laughing works go with it but I'm not sure and I guess I'm bringing it up to say that I was really shocked to hear that it was, A, your hardest day of directing ever, because I thought the scene was fantastic. It is. At one point, also in editing, you mentioned to me that, you know, originally you were not going to have um, Aaron take the gun on camera. You were not. Well, the, the way I, I had it in my head, we, we cover everything, and this is typical. You, you cover everything uh, multiple ways, so you can make decisions later in the editing room. Uh, you, in a perfect world, you don't you don't shoot it six ways from Sunday because you want to have a plan. And my plan, although you you overlap and you cover some things so you can make different decisions, go a different way in the editing room. But the, the way I had it in my head was Aaron, uh, we had that shot that's in the in there where Aaron in the foreground, Jesse steps through frame in the foreground. And I had it in my head that he would just, then you'd cut to Walt over on the other side of the room, and then you'd cut to Aaron, uh, Jesse in the foreground, 
and you didn't realize he had picked up the gun. Mm-hmm. But you cut it the way you cut it, which is including the close-up of his him picking up the pistol. And I just, it's the irony is that as much pain, a lot of it's self-induced, as I went through directing this scene, you did a hell of a job editing it, and obviously these guys did a great job uh, acting it. And oddly enough, as you as you will recall, I had fewer notes on this eight minute scene yeah. than, than I've had on in any scene, even scenes only a minute long. I've had more notes. Yeah, I was pretty shocked. I had I like just no notes on that scene. Wanna, you didn't want to edit it. Thank you, Vince. I thought you just didn't want to, like, you just wanted to move on. No. You said it was the hardest day. No, no, we would have spent but a week on it in the editing room if we had had to. But you, you, the one thing that I was going to say was that you had told me that originally you were not going to have the shot of Jesse picking up the gun. Yeah. And you thought that maybe people would think that he had his own gun. And why doesn't Walt run over and get his gun? Well, that That's was, that was something that I said that to you. And in, in explaining to myself why it was better to edit it the way you had edited uh, it, I, see. I said to myself, I like the way Kelly cut this. It flows very nicely. It's not what I had in mind, but you know what? We ought to stick with it because maybe the audience will be confused that maybe Aaron uh, Jesse brought his own gun. And right. Walt's gun is still over there on the other side of the room, and, and they're waiting. We're waiting as viewers for Walt to bolt over and grab his own gun. I didn't want the audience thinking about any of that crap. Right. I, wanted, I wanted them to understand pay attention only to what's right in front of your right. nose here. Yeah. And that was really important to me that the gun, we made such a big deal, that we named an episode after the gun, and yeah. I, I really wanted the gun to come back and pay off in this Check season. Check gun. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. Yeah, I, I love seeing Jesse pick it up. It was even written, I think, that he does it off screen, but yeah. it, it works so much better. Just seeing it, it works better. No, yeah. was there was there also an issue? You said there was a thing about you know Aaron standing over Walt and Walt being on the ground. Was that you know as far as blocking? Was well, this that... is with the first few takes. Uh, Walt, uh, Walt didn't go to the ground, mm-hmm. uh, and then we decided to change it up. And and I was you know, I was I was struggling, and you guys pulled me through it. You well, we just me... you know you never know until you try. Yeah. You know, we just did a, a just different a bunch of different versions and. Uh, we committed to one version and we shot shot the hell out of it really, yeah. and then yeah. it just it just wasn't flowing the way that we wanted it to flow, and uh, and then we just kept playing with it, and I I feel by the end of the I mean I haven't seen the scene, but I feel that <laughs> you it, can confidently say it's great. It is a great scene, yeah. and you guys really again all credit to you guys because if it had been two lesser actors. Yeah. With a director who didn't know what the hell he was doing, it would have been. You're gonna shit, motherfucker. <laughs> Aaron, let me ask you this though, too. When you, when you, when you guys um, read this, you and and Brian read this. Did you guys rehearse at all for this one, or? Um, you didn't have a chance to. No, we uh, really? we didn't. Yeah. And you're crying like the whole time, and yeah, it's like, my heart Jesse's, is just pouring out to Jesse's you. Jesse's just, you know, because he really loves this boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did you go home and sleep like the sleep of the dead? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think I kind of fell asleep on my drive home. Um, I was, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, wow. Jesus, really? You mean you nodded off on the way home? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it's like, uh, a scary thing. Hey. It was such yeah. a, I mean, it was such a long day. I'm like, I. So happy this day is over. I'll bet. I'll bet yeah. you were. I'll bet yeah. you were. Well, you know, I just want to jump back to the beginning. Of and the we were episode. one last oh, thing. We were supposed to shoot a whole other scene. Oh yeah. In the, on that day, which was the <laughs> aftermath scene, Act Four in in script form started with Walt and Jesse sitting around Walt's kitchen table and oh. talking about the plan. That Trying to come were... up with a plan. What I what I always liked about that scene was that it was Jesse coming up with all these ideas, and it was ideas that Walt had already tried, like. <laughs> Let's just storm the restaurant, he, which he tried in 405. Yeah. He's like, you know, there's cameras everywhere. And uh, let's go to his house. And no, Walt tried that back in 402. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse coming up with one thing after another that Walt had do, uh, you know, done and failed at. Yeah. But uh, It was a good scene. And you, we, you, you guys, didn't need it. You didn't need it. Hopefully the audience will, will agree and not think we did need it. The, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a fun scene. It would have been nice to shoot it. But um, I, I have to, again, I want to give credit to every other director on this show who, when they are given a script, 
unlike me, they can't say, you know what, I'm running out of time here. We're just not going to shoot this fucking scene. <laughs> no other director gets to say that. So, so I want to give a tip of the hat to all the other directors who've, who've ever done Breaking Bad who don't get to unilaterally say, well, I'm losing this scene because I ran out of time. And we don't need it anyway. Yeah. And in so. the end, it was just Walt spelling it. Walt coming up with the plan of go to the hospital, don't go cook, he'll come to you, and then what happens to Mr. White? And then I'll take care of him. It was the final line of that scene. Well, and you didn't need any of it because it all it all makes sense once you see it. It all plays and out, you and you it. see it in yeah, real time it. as it happens. So we don't have to yeah. listen. We don't have to watch it. We see it. Yeah. Um, I just want to jump back to the beginning Um of the show because um, I just I gotta know Vince how many takes was it that you had to do to make that gun twirl around on that table like that so perfectly about four takes <laughs> I'm no honest to God no I'm kidding I'm yeah, just yeah, saying I know I know I know, I know you're, you're you're setting me up here but yeah 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 um, can you explain the uh, the visual effect there I mean I'm we gonna, played it I'm as gonna, one yeah I'm gonna start it and then Diane's gonna take it from all there. right cool but. Uh, um, I, I, I figured out one of my smarter moments in pre-production on this episode was... So self-deprecating. Well... You did a great job. Well, th- you were so good. But I, I, I thought, I said in the in the first production meeting, how are we going to deal with this spinning gun? Because I, I want it all in one take. Right. That he, I don't want to have to keep cutting and cutting and cutting to different angles just to sell this. I want one take where at least two out of three times... Actually, yeah, I want, it I, want, too, I, want, yeah. I want it all in a one shot where twice in a row he spins the gun and, and winds up pointing right at him <laughs> like the universe is telling him to kill himself. Right. So I said, how do we do this? And uh, Werner, our, our uh, excellent uh, special effects, uh, by the way, there's a difference between special effects and visual effects, but we can get to that later on. But, well, it's uh, quick. It, special effects is usually practical, and visual effects is done after the fact in post, right? Exactly. That's a nutshell. Yeah, in a nutshell. Special effects are like, you know, uh, you know, anytime there's fire or ice or blowing something up or whatever, all this stuff that actually happens on the set. So this was a special effect, and Werner and his guys figured out this rig. It was a piece of clear lucite dowel that went down through a hole they drilled in the tabletop, and it went to this pulley, and around the pulley was some fish line, and it went eight feet away to another pulley where, the, where one of his Werner's guys was, was uh, crouching down out of frame so that the gun was on a was was would spin on this on this on this piece of dowel, and and the pulley around the end of the other end of the dowel would control this. You could you could you could grab the pulley as after Walt gave it a spin and 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 slow the slow the rotation from eight feet away using this uh, pulley you know mm-hmm. uh, with your fingers and they practiced it and practiced it and on the day it worked like a charm it worked great although everybody kept tripping over the damn thing and <laughs> three of the crew kept coming and going we said don't 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 break the fucking rig you know, <laughs> people are doing and trip over the thing you know as they're going back and forth and but uh and then diane erased uh the but dowel I, yes i did it all myself well, <laughs> we'll talk uh, about that. Yeah. No, well, obviously, you know, we, we kind of, I think actually Melissa sent me an email during production. Like, we weren't expecting, but uh, we've got this rig, and you can contact. see it, and um, we're going to have to deal with that later. So, um, you know, by the time, w- when the picture locks, then, then we take a look at it and see kind of how, how bad it is. And actually, and, the um, fellow, the gentleman and, who uh, actually Bill did the Blasky, erasing. who did our, yeah. our wonderful, he's our our Yay. wonderful visual effects supervisor, you know, I sent him these two shots and I basically said, help. And, uh, and what he had to do was, was go in and, and kind of digitally replace where you could see the rig through the, the top of the table. Cause it's a glass table, obviously. So you can see like the metal supports for the table and the next row you could see the, the plastic and then, or the lucite, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So they had to go in and basically like the first shot was much easier. The first shot, cause it was kind of one, angle just looking at Walt they just go in uh, correct me if I'm wrong Bill but they kind of just cover over what was there uh, with uh, with other pieces of what's next to it like you would in Photoshop if you're you know cleaning Mm -hmm. up somebody's face in Photoshop pimples or something like that it's the same basic idea Um, but then the second shot where the camera actually pans over and it it ends up pointing somewhere else that had lighting change and shadows and arm, you know, reaching over and camera move and a whole kind of 
mess of problems. So that ended up being a CG table underneath. It was uh, removed and replaced with you know digital elements. The, so. the funny thing is that so many people have seen the shot with the rig in there yeah. and have not even noticed and it. Never yeah. Noticed. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I, I, yeah. I was fooled by the shot the first time until it's kept spending a third time and then it kind of it's not on camera but maybe we should put it on the dvd because it is actually quite funny yeah, it's should. like it's like uh it spins twice and it hits walled and yeah. then it spins another time and it kind of keeps kind of going yeah, yeah, and yeah. i'm like oh but i didn't know and then yeah. i showed my assistant he didn't know then i showed the sound guys they didn't know i think i showed you dave they didn't nobody knew yeah. so even we, with this rig in there so why but you I spend will all say, the money <laughs> i will say it does look better without it oh like, hell yeah I, I, oh, hell it really does. Like when, oh, yeah. when you get the real shot in there, there's absolutely no question, and it just looks like he's spinning this thing and it's pointing. That's at awesome. It. And it, 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 even if you don't notice that there's something there, on some subliminal level, you do. Yeah. And when it's gone, the shot just works. And so Bill, Bill did such a great job, and I had no idea how hard a shot I was giving him. Not that he and his guys <laughs> weren't up to it, but to, to read, to read, if I'm saying it right, in my layman's version of it. To, to restate what Diane just said, they had to, he had to digitally create a 3D model. He had to like right. create a 3D table and replace a real table for however many frames with a digitally constructed. This is like it makes my head hurt even trying to explain. <laughs> it. It's like so it's just one of those things where when you in production and you think, well, we'll just deal with it later. And, uh, that's what it is. Uh, the shit rolls downhill. So, yes. but, it's, but we have great people that. But that what great it. shit it is. So, no. hey, I, you know, it's awesome. it's, and, and, it's, and the shot is, those two shots are, are terrific now. They, they work really great. It was a great. It was a really great idea that you had to do this, and I'm glad you did do it in one shot. I'm glad you did make that work. And it's better that we did it that way than if we had done it all digitally. Oh yeah. Gun, you know, because Brian actually reaches over, touches the gun, spins it. Yeah. I mean, all of that, you know, would not have been the same right. if we had done it as a real visual effect. Well, and there would have been a way to do it, uh, the old school way to do sure. it would be to just have him spin it. Maybe you get it, maybe you don't. But get a close up of his face, get a close up of the gun. You trick it in the editing room, do enough takes where, you know, but you wouldn't be able to do it in one the uninterrupted one, yeah. shot. Yeah. So, which yeah. was sort of a hallmark of um, twelve and thirteen. 12 and 13. Yeah, they they don't know yet about thirteen, but but yes, there are there we they, the, it was my hope and and we pulled it off with the help of all these folks that, that, that there are some certain shots that are that are wonners in both episodes. Yeah, that, but, that are, many shots. I mean, many shots. Many of, shots. Yeah, the people yeah. will say. A couple of them, especially people, will say, "How yeah. in the hell did they do that?" Yeah. So, yeah. Well, why didn't you get the scene with Jesse and Walton? What? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Aaron and, Aaron and Brian would have been a hell of a lot happier. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, okay. So, um, I, even though our music supervisor Thomas Gulovich isn't here, I want to, um, I want you guys to, if you can, Dave, um, help me out here and give a little bit of a note about the the song that you guys used. I hadn't heard it. I didn't. I stayed away from listening to all the music because I wanted to be surprised when I saw the mix but that song that you use when Walt is spinning the gun and then that segues over into Hank's house right well that that's a song Thomas uh, Goliubich uh, arranged to, to the, the rights for us to get um, and it was and, and I says, thought it was totally like I never expected it coming and it's just so interesting and, and it's and it's uh and he had found it he had uh, he had I, he had played it for me uh, a while back and I, and I and I loved it and remembered it and uh uh, it's it's a group. The band is called Apollo Sunshine, <laughs> and it's uh, the name of it is oh, Cramp. Uh, I wish I could help. Uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> we, 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 we spot these we spot these yeah. sessions uh, together, and then Thomas and I sort of go our separate ways. And and, and when something is uh, is his responsibility, I kind of tune out. So I. And, and I'm sorry about this one. This one was uh, this one was one where where. Um, you also wrote, uh, and by the way, some some of the best, some music, uh, some of my favorite music in this episode that you've written, some of my favorite score in this episode. It was a big episode for you, Dave. Big episode. Yeah. But, but this was a moment where you had written some score for that moment, which I also, this you, you, you and Thomas make my job so much tougher because <laughs> you both present to me options and ways to go musically you with actual original score you were creating for the moment at hand and then and then uh, 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 Thomas with uh, coming up with songs. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. Okay. Anyway, uh, 
So and then and then I'm like forced to choose and 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 uh, anyway that was uh, you you make it you always uh, you guys make my life tougher but I, I tougher and I, and I appreciate in Easy. a good way oh no, tougher because it, no I mean in those I'm joking but oh. in those in those moments of having to choose between two equally great yeah. choices Vin, musically Vince, Vince says don't deprive me of any riches that's well that, right. that's that's, that's I'm, just, I'm stealing that from uh, uh, William Goldman's book uh, which oh. one was don't it don't deprive Invention. me of any don't riches. deprive me of any oh. don't rob me of any ridges uh that's uh that's a quote alan pakula uh would 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 give uh, william goldman when he was writing all the president's men and william goldman would say do you, do you i could do the scene this way or i could do the scene that way and alan pakula would would say don't don't rob me of any or don't deprive me of any riches meaning do it both ways right and i'll choose later so yeah so i have to ripping him off there yeah um the song the song that the song is called we are born when we die that's the name. we are born when by we apollo. die by apollo sunshine i just wanted to uh, uh go to the um uh, the laundry we jumped to the laundry with gomez um and uh you know he you know kind of hoodwinks the guy into letting him and this other dea agent you know look over the place um you had told me an interesting story about the dea the actual dea and i just wanted to you know you to mention about their requirements as far as the two guys and how um the laundry guy had to tell the other guy you know when gomez says hey you know okay i'll let you guys do it and gomez says can you tell him too oh yeah, yeah. can you tell about we had we had some visitors uh, some actual uh, real life real live dea agents who were visiting the set that day in the laundry and uh i heard uh, through the grapevine uh from one of the agents that his other uh subordinate agents were saying why is this guy way in the background these, these two uh, these two agents both have to be standing uh next to each other so that both of them can hear and if need be testify in a court of law that that uh this guy in this case dennis the guy who runs the laundry uh did indeed give them permission uh to search the place and i and uh so we i heard that and we changed it up a little how we staged it but i still wanted the other guy in the background but i to my mind he could he could hear what was going on from a distance we we fudged we fudged the actual details of the way the dea would do it a little bit there but i ironically not the part about gomez lying to the guy cuz that's perfectly legit mm-hmm. you know you can you can lie to a person you can you know if you're a cop and and you know in in aid of you know that, that little bit that little you know you use a little razzmatazz on them and, and uh, <laughs> you know uh smoke and mirrors and and get what you need um, I also wanted to mention that you said that this was a real drug drug dog that you used. Yeah, the the uh, the, the uh, New Mexico State Police were very helpful to us. That was not a DEA dog. That was a New Mexico State Police oh, dog named Sasha, who was very sweet, and uh, and uh, Mike was the uh, dog handler in the. And uh, yeah, Sasha belonged to Officer Joe Romero, who was also with us that whole day on yes. set, because um, Sasha's been his dog and works with him on cases. Yes. And uh, it was, that was, and it's, it was you know it was cool. Uh, they get to carry their 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 license. Their it's uh, they they the, the the dog handlers get to carry a little bit of actual dope on them when they're with their dogs. Honest to God, because the dogs get uh, disheartened when they don't find anything for for hours on end. So. And also, and also, as another little aside, we, we warned the crew in advance not to <laughs> not, not to have any uh, pot on them in case that you know would have happened. Uh, so, that would never be an issue. That would never be an issue. But just in case, we uh, we, we put out the warning to everybody not to not to pick that day. To, <laughs> but uh, but but uh, the the the, uh, the dog handlers have a little bit of uh, dope on them, uh, or they they keep in the car or whatever so that because the dogs actually like like all of us do we get disheartened if we're doing a job and giving it our all and yet not succeeding but failing so uh every couple hours because there was no actual drugs found in that place nor nor did we expect that there would be so every now and then uh, the one handler would hide a little bit of the actual dope and the other handler would have the dog find it, and then the dog feels real good, real good about herself. Uh, seriously, right. seriously, and she can keep at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because otherwise so they sweet. they feel so bad and lose interest, or they, you know, yeah. So yeah. That's that was cool. And Mike uh, Bataya played the uh, part of Dennis. He did a great job. He's out of L.A. I think. Did a real, real good job. And of course, uh, Stephen Michael Quezada. Got to give a shout out to him who who plays Gomez. Who's uh, 
so much uh, so much fun to work with. We we did not see much of Gomez this season, unfortunately, but that was just the luck of the draw, the way the stories sort of presented themselves. But so we this was his first solo scene, though, right? His first without any yeah. of the major other the uh, main characters. Yeah, and he did a great job. He he did a great job. Uh, uh, doing that scene mm -hmm. have you ever been uh, Aaron have you ever been on his uh, talk show in Albuquerque yeah it's I was on it too before before we left for the end of production I was a uh, guest on his talk I'd never been a guest on a talk show <laughs> it was cool it was it a was full like full-on production it was yeah. great yeah. where they have like a great house band and they have a great house band um uh the the night I did it I think he filmed three shows okay yeah um so the crowd was huge. I mean, there must have been, I don't know, five, six hundred people. Really? Four hundred. Yeah. I mean, how big is that theater? Like Aaron a Paul draws a crowd. You, you draw a crowd. <laughs> well, I, I do not well, draw. The, I do yeah. not draw the I crowd. I mean, the, you the, draw the, uh, the theater was uh, was sold out. I mean, it was packed. Um, yeah. But cool. Yeah, so. Right on. Well, he deserves it, and he's. Uh, I'm sure Just, you were. couldn't uh, be a nicer guy. He's you know, Aaron. Guy. I wanted to. Now, this is a pretty good segue because you um, had had lunch with us a couple of about a month ago up in the editing room, mm -hmm. and you were telling us about what it's like to, you know, walk around in Albuquerque. It's not yeah. that big of a town, and <laughs> you know, we shoot there, and the show is about there. So, tell us a little bit about that story that you told us about being recognized. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty great. I think every. Every single person in Albuquerque watches the show. Um, every awesome. every person. Um, so it's uh, no, it's great. I mean, um, everyone supports it. They love no, it. No, but you had said but, that, yeah. No, pe but people will come up to me, and this is like how they like break the ice with me because they want to just you know meet or just talk about the show and uh, confess their love about it, and they they come up to me and they go, hey, so. Uh, you know, do you think you could hook me up with some drugs? <laughs> and I go, no, I, I, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> no, come on, give me some blue. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I really don't have. But it's it's so funny to see like the diehard, diehard fans. I mean, I think all of our fans are pretty pretty diehard. Um, but people will come. They're like, they're like, what are you doing? You're such an idiot. Like, you're, you're going to get everyone killed. And uh, they, they really, it seems like they think it's, it's a, like reality, like a reality show. But, um, yeah, they're so passionate about but it. But the, the people that you said had come up to you and said, you look just like that guy. Oh, oh right, yeah. No, and some, yeah, a lot of people are like, do you, do you get, you, do you, you look the, like the guy from uh, Breaking Bad. You're not, you're not him. No. Because why would you be? Why, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? I'm like, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, last night, you know, uh, yeah. and thank you. Uh, uh, we uh, had a Steve Aoki shirt on, oh, yeah, yeah. on the show yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like a few shirt. episodes back. Yeah. And um, uh, last night, I'm out, and um, this guy comes up to my buddy, Phil, and it was just a group of us talking, and he's... Phil is wearing the Steve Aoki shirt, and he goes, "Oh my God, that shirt is was on Breaking Bad." And I don't, I don't know this guy, and I, I don't know like he knows one of the people that I'm talking to. He's like, "That shirt was on Breaking Bad. Did you guys see that?" And he's looking at me. He's like, "Did you see that? Do you guys watch that show?" Seriously? Like, His eyes keep like panning across. He's like, "Oh my God, I can't, where'd you get that shirt? Like, that's who is that? Show? That show is amazing." And I, I couldn't tell if he was just. Fucking with me? Like, I'm like, wow, this guy has like some serious. Like, is he just really messing with me? And talk about not being able to see the forest for the trees. Which shirt, yeah. which shirt was it? Um, it was a white shirt. Had um, um it's in 407. It's, 407. it's in 407. Oh, okay. Yeah, problem dog. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but Jesse's wearing the shirt pretty much throughout the entire episode. Okay. The chicken farm specifically. Yeah. Steve yeah. Aoki's face. It's like his hair. It's just and his a hair, beard, and but no and face. A, yeah, and, and no face. It's just a hair and his mustache. A mustache. Yeah. So the guy was like, did he ever get it? And it, then my uh, my buddy Ashton's like, so you watch a show? He's like, no, it's my it's a, a most insane. He was so excited that he saw he, it felt like he saw a piece of the show in front of him. So he was like blown away. He could not believe what he was seeing with the shirt on my buddy. And then uh, Ashton goes, yeah, but look at him. And he looks at me. He's like, he still does not yeah. seriously. Oh yeah, he's just looking at me. And he goes, he's he plays Jesse. And then he, 
just snaps and he starts <laughs> losing it. <laughs> losing it. He's so embarrassed. He pushes her face in his hands. Oh, it was, it That's was, great. It was great. I've never had that happen before. That's great. Yeah. What a great story. Yeah, yeah. It was so, so That's funny. Fantastic. Yeah. He had no that? idea before. Can't see the forest for the oh trees. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Crazy. So um, let's jump past the hardest day ever and jump to the plan. So now we've got, basically, we, we open back up with Jesse. Well, no, actually, I guess we should... We should talk about the part where Jesse realizes that the rice and cigarette is gone. Yeah. And you shooting that. I guess you had to shoot through some lucite and stuff on that one. Yeah, we, we did our patented, what I call the patented Breaking Bad shot, where you're looking up, straight up. The camera is, is, is somewhere looking up. Uh, and in that case, we have a special rig that's like 10 or 11 feet tall that we have on stage where it's easy so the camera operator can stand up underneath it, look through a piece of Lexan. But, but this was out on location, so... Uh, our, our grips had to build something, and our special effects guys had to build something with a sheet of Lexan and a bunch of apple boxes and a bunch of furniture uh, blankets, and, and, and the camera operator had to lie down underneath it, and you were crouching on top of it. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a bit where you're going through the cigarettes, yeah. looking, breaking them up and seeing where the Bryson cigarette was, and, and that was like 2 in the morning in front of a hospital. And, yeah. And, uh, 2 yeah. in the morning? Yeah, it was, wow. it was probably pretty late. Yeah, it was. A, no, it was a, that wow. was a late night. Oh yeah, it was late. Wow. They were all late. They were all. And then, and then you've got um, the shower. Aaron runs back into the hospital, telling a- Andrea, you know, what's going on. Yeah, I think it. You know, it's rice, and it sounds like rice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and that was a one a one one shot, right? Uh, yes, you and uh, you guys did such a. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on what's wrong with me, Andrea. Emily oh, Rios. Emily, 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 Emily. I'm sorry. I apologize, Emily. Uh, you and Emily Rios uh, just uh, pulled it off great, and our camera operator Andy Vogley. Oh yeah. Uh, shot that handheld, not with a steady cam, but but ran around with his big ass heavy uh, Airflex <laughs> uh, 35 millimeter motion picture camera, yeah. running around take after take. I think we did like nine takes of yeah. that. So all you guys were exhausted, especially I think Andy oh carrying, my God. carrying this forty pound camera around. Yeah. And uh uh but that was all a wonder. Although you uh you did an interesting thing with the editing that yeah, I like. I started busting it up. Yeah. Which actually I like because I mean I liked that the audience would know it was actually a I said I said keep an open mind and you're so, you saw it and then you're like, Can I close my mind now? <laughs> <laughs> Because what you had done, you had taken multiple takes of this one, or what we call a one, or as in the entire scene takes place in one uninterrupted shot with one camera, and and you would you would you would intercut in jump cut fashion between multiple takes. Yeah, just but, to try it. See, yeah, see but, what but it grew on me, and and uh, and we kept it. So. We kept the beginning of it. Yeah, split the difference. yeah, we split, yeah, we split the, difference. the difference. So now yeah. it's like. It's just kind of interesting because you, you run through the door, like through these doors, and we kind of cut to a different take at the same point. So okay, it just looks yeah. a little bit different. It's it a little jittery. It just kind of throws you a little bit. I, I thought it was interesting just because, you know, it yeah. kind of throws an audience just a little off. But yeah. then then once you grab Andrew and come out, then it's just one shot, yeah. you know, to go in the round okay. and stuff. And and then you, you run out, uh, Jesse runs out, and immediately, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Emily, great job as always, and obviously Mr. Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul. And, uh, and and our, and our uh, actress who played our nurse. Everyone just nailed it, right. take after take. Everyone did a wonderful job. And, so uh, then, but yeah. then we get to the the plan where, where uh, Tyrus comes in and he's uh, he you know jerks you awake and you know and then you're like call security, call security. I don't know this guy. Call security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but then you start to text. Yeah. Walt and Walt is at home making what is he making? Vince, you explained it to me. Although you may it's, not want to explain it in well, total detail, but it's it's an anfo bomb. It's ammonium nitrate fuel oil, which uh, you know I wouldn't say all this stuff except you can find all this stuff in about twenty seconds of looking on YouTube or uh, or Google. Yeah. Well. <laughs> knowledge is knowledge, and it's either good or bad depending on what you use with it. I, I think it's interesting to know. You know, to know about stuff and how things, but no, I mean, you know, it's anyway. Uh, Anfo is uh, an explosive used, uh, it's very widely used all over the world in construction and whatnot, and it's ammonium nitrate and fuel oil. And um, it unfortunately was used at Oklahoma City. Uh, Timothy McVeigh, that was a truck full of Anfo, mm-hmm. but uh, 
Walt is cooking it up uh, in his kitchen sink, practically. And uh, <laughs> now, literally, not practically, on his stovetop. And uh, yeah, so uh, so that was that was the first day of shooting. So basically, we've got the plan now is to is to draw Gus to them, you know, because Gus has poisoned. Uh, Gus always manages to see Walt coming, and Walt thinks this is the perfect way to yeah. suck him out and surprise him. Yeah, but dr- still Gus out, is able yeah. to yeah. figure out something's wrong with with what's going on. Yeah, because um, you know, we have that that great scene in the in the chapel, right? That uh, that Jesse, you know, tells Gus that yeah. the little boy was poisoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you played that great. And that was uh, a great little. There was an actual chapel at the. Uh, I've never seen that before. That hospital. Chapel, yeah. yeah, that hospital is actually most of it is closed down except for one or two remaining wings. Mm-hmm. And we are we and anyone, us included, anyone who shoots in New Mexico in, in Albuquerque and who needs to shoot in a hospital is very lucky that that place exists because it closed down as a working hospital about three or four years ago and i and part of the deal was that the new owners it it changed hands and it closed down and then the deal partly was that the new owners could not it was a non-compete thing that there couldn't be a new hospital or they couldn't use it as a hospital for five years so now this building's been sitting empty most of it and they rent it out to to motion pictures, uh, you know, TV and movies. And we've shot there many times. We shot there dating back to uh, season two, and Walt was um, yeah when he was in the hospital for without yeah. his memory. And... With, yeah, with his after his fugue state. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where, where Skyler had uh, Baby Holly. Yes, is where and it's where Walt had his uh, lung lobe of his lung removed. Wow. And uh, we've shot in all these real operating theaters and, 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 and recovery rooms, and that's a real ER. Mm. Uh, none of that was built. It all exists. And we couldn't afford to build a fraction of this stuff, so we're lucky. And I think next year it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to not be available anymore for filming because I think they're going to turn it back into a hospital or refurbish it or something. Nobody gets sick in season five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's sort of interesting, too, that in the four years of Breaking Bad, it's, this is the only time I ever remember any kind of religious symbol anywhere yeah, in, got, in the got, show. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's also interesting in, the, in that... Gus picks it because he knows no one will be in there. <laughs> so I, I don't know what it says about us in this show, but <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't think we have any axe to grind one way or the other. No, no, just, no. But, I, but, I just, but but yeah, you're right. It, just, when you mention that, I guess that is it was true. not intentional. In, it was inadvertently, just sort of out that way. Yeah, yeah. So, but that that's the real chapel. Because I'm real sure place. people are out there looking for the symbolism of. You know, yeah. why do they put the, you know, there's a cross in the background. It was just, it just worked out that way. Yeah. It's a chapel. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it's it wasn't a, meant. Kind of a. Well, now that the plan is basically fully underway and Jesse, you know, is, is basically the, the guy who's going to lure. He's luring Gus. You know, Walt has told him to lure Gus. And Walt is at the same time putting a bomb under uh, Gus's car. Yeah. And it's parked on the fifth floor for season five. I know that was on purpose. Worked out good, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fifth floor of the parkers. But um, what is it about um, the scene where we really get to, how does Gus know? How does he know? What is going on? Uh, well, gosh, uh, why did Gus, how did, what, how did Gus know? I guess Gus is... Uh, I'm, I he Gus just knows Gus is Gus is Darth Vader. He is the Vader. chess player, and he's, he's trying to figure out what the what he knows. He's in, <laughs> Walt is after him, and he's trying to figure out Walt's next move. And he starts before he makes the, the fatal mistake of getting in that car. He starts putting pieces together. Just something just and, doesn't sound right. Yeah, and he's just that. He's that. I mean, you know, he's like that. I don't know. Maybe it's. Uh, could have been something in Jesse's eyes that he saw. There's something. Maybe it's maybe it's you know if his if when, if his plan if his plan is for Jesse to get mad at uh, at Walt. How come Jesse in the chapel didn't talk about Walt? Mm. Maybe uh, something something seems suspicious that Jesse didn't. I don't know. Mm. But I, I will leave it at this. I would think that uh, Gus is the smartest guy we've ever seen. <laughs> on this show, including and that's that's saying a lot. That's including Walt himself. And something just doesn't seem right. Yeah, I mean, you know, this guy didn't survive this long in this very cutthroat business without uh, having a real, uh, real intelligence and a real street savvy and and you know and a real sixth sense, a spider sense here, you know. So um, let's talk just briefly, right quick, about the rooftops. 
just basically, I mean, you know, that is uh, how far away are they, Vince, and how they're as far away as they look from each other. They're, uh, which is to say, they're about a block from one another. And this is uh, the rooftop that Walt is on is right on Central Avenue, the old Route 66 that goes right through the middle of uh, hmm. Albuquerque, and uh, it's on the roof of a sporting goods. Uh, store that was very nicely let us be on top of their roof michael slovis was ready to kill me on this episode our, our excellent <laughs> director of photography between the chapel that was a real chapel and i agree uh, aaron that was a fun place to shoot in but it was also about the size of a phone booth and so michael <laughs> michael takes one look around and says oh you're, you're killing me you're <laughs> killing me here where do i put my lights where do i put the yeah. camera you know and then and then the rooftop unfortunately where where uh, brian where walt is up on top of waiting to blow up gus uh, there was no elevator up there, and it was about five stories up, and uh, it was a, it was about the same height as the parking deck. Uh, oh, and, and, you didn't tell me no elevator. And, uh, and Michael was just like, oh, God. <laughs> Are you seriously going to do this to the crew? <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, no, he did. He's a very sweet uh, uh cusses a lot less than i do and a very sweet man and very gentle but he was not happy and for the sake of the crew he was not happy and, and i i felt bad because there there was a lot of our, our crew uh who had walked through fire for the show god bless them uh, the greatest crew ever and th there was a lot of carrying of heavy equipment by hand up to the roof mm -hmm. of this and it was hotter than hell up there and the sun was beating down and we were up there for several hours but uh, it was a fun. It was a fun scene to shoot. It's a really suspenseful, amazing scene. I just want to talk right quick, if you can, really quickly, about directing because obviously you had to direct Brian and Gus, and they could not be together. But they have to cut together. Direct by walkie-talkie. Yeah. 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 It and was they, tough. It was tough. Yeah. And luckily, these guys are just absolute solid pros. But I mean, is that something where you just kind of like, okay, um, at this point, I want you to look toward the car and. You know, kind of. Look. Well, the only one I had to direct by walkie-talkie was 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 Giancarlo, was Gus, and mm -hmm. and 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 Tyrus, and uh, and and the bodyguard, the third the third bad guy. Oh, because you needed the Be shot because from we, with Walt. Every time you're in the parking deck looking across at Walt's roof, you actually never see Walt. And the truth is, Brian was not up there mm -hmm. for those scenes. We we move we shot the stuff on on Walt's rooftop first thing in the morning. And then at lunch, we moved over, and then we were shoot, shot the rest of the day in the parking deck, and uh, um, including some scenes for episode 13, uh, because, by the way, it should be said, the only reason I was able to direct 12 and 13 both is we did something called block shooting, which is we'd shoot scenes from episode 12 and then scenes from episode 13. We'd, we would we'd, we'd cross-board uh, these two episodes and, and consolidate locations and shoot some scenes for one episode, some scenes for another. But, uh, we moved over and, and every, you know, you look across and, and Brian obviously shouldn't be on the opposite rooftop. Cause if you could see him, then that would mean that Gus could see him. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think Gus, in case there's any confusion, I don't think Gus saw him out there, but uh, I think he's just got that great six. Six cents. And yeah. Diane supervised some assistants in terms of syncing those things up as well. Yeah, that is true. There were uh, uh, there was some replacement of, of, of little bits of, of one wide shot where where uh, it's amazing what you guys can do. And Bill uh, and all you all those guys can do digitally uh, where you replace one small bit of a wide shot with uh, a different moment and a different take of, 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 of Gus, a tiny little figure of Gus walking to the... Uh, the well, it's like we liked... Time it out, right? I mean, Kelly actually did the temp and the... Yeah, it's like we liked what Walt was doing, but Gus and his guys were in the wrong place. We yeah. had to move basically them but anyway i guess we should wrap it up i, I hate to say it again. um thank you everybody for coming i'm so sorry um but uh this, sorry was, for? this was a fantastic episode i know everybody sorry wants we ran to, out of tape. yeah everybody wants to hear more um but uh tune in with us uh next week because it's really going off so yeah. um thank you everybody and uh let's go break bad